Hello everyone, this is Dr. Akhil Palanisamy, and today we'll be mapping the Paleovedic diet on the 15-minute matrix. Welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix Special Nutrition Therapy Series, where we're going to dive into the approaches, practices, dietary theories, and healing foods that have been used in the most successful practices across the globe and throughout history. I'm Andrea Nakayama, functional medicine nutritionist and your host. The 15-Minute Matrix is the podcast that brings you bite-sized insights and lessons, which highlight the most important tool in functional medicine and functional nutrition, and that's the functional matrix. The functional nutrition matrix reminds us of three very important factors in our clinical care. Everything is connected, we are all unique, and all things matter. Be sure to head over to this episode's show notes at 15minutematrix.com if you'd like to see today's topic mapped on a downloadable matrix to remind you of these critical aspects of care. Today on the 15-Minute Matrix, I'll be speaking with Dr. Akhil Palanisamy. Dr. Akhil Palanisamy is an integrative medicine physician combining evidence-based holistic therapies with conventional medicine. He sees patients at the Sutter Health Institute for Health and Healing in the San Francisco Bay Area, where he also serves as physician director for community education. He is passionate about expanding access to integrative medicine, especially in underserved communities. Dr. Akhil studied biochemistry at Harvard University, received his medical degree from the University of California, San Francisco, and completed his residency in family medicine at Stanford University. He completed a fellowship in integrative medicine with Dr. Andrew Weil and is certified by the Center for Mind-Body Medicine at Georgetown University. Dr. Akhil studied Ayurveda in southern India and found a powerful synergy in combining Ayurveda with the paleo diet in his clinical practice. Dr. Akhil, welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix. Thank you so much, Andrea. So as I noted in your introduction, you've combined two practices or approaches for their combined benefits. Can you talk about the key benefits of both a paleo and an Ayurvedic diet that originally drew you to merge or combine these two? Yes, absolutely. I think with paleo, I was seeing a lot of misconceptions about it um, among my patients, and I wanted to really reframe paleo as a plant-based diet, whereas a lot of people were thinking it's a meat-based diet. And mm. to emphasize that really plants are the foundation of our ancestral eating patterns. And I was also seeing patients um, sometimes do harm by following a paleo diet incorrectly, perhaps not having enough carbohydrates or eating foods that were not a good match for their body type. And that's where I started to bring in Ayurveda. And Ayurveda is the 3,000-year-old science of uh, life from India, and it believes in customizing diet and lifestyle and nutrition to each person based on their body type. And so I found that the 
Ayurvedic approach combined with uh, plant-based paleo really helped people to customize and determine what is the unique uh, optimal diet and lifestyle for them. Mm, such an interesting combination. And I love thinking about when we go back to the future of medicine, as I like to call it, and some of these more ancient uh, theories and principles of healing, wherever they come from, really do tell us a lot. And you were drawing on that wisdom from the Ayurvedic principles. Can I just log for a second a little bit more of those misconceptions you found patients coming to you with, or they didn't realize they had misconceptions, but things that they were doing with the paleo diet that ultimately weren't serving their health goals or chronic concerns? Yeah, absolutely. So I mentioned a um, couple. So one was in terms of not having enough carbohydrates. So I think the common conception is that paleo is low carb and maybe overlaps with keto. But if you look at the ancestral eating patterns, uh, healthy starches were really a big part of the paleolithic diet and uh, tubers and root vegetables and starch was probably, you know, 40% of calories and maybe higher 40 to 50%. And so I think I've seen where if patients are not having enough uh, healthy starches, then their neurotransmitters can suffer a little bit and that mm -hmm. might imp impact their sleep or, you know, energy levels or those kind of things. And then another thing is also, the energetics of food and that's where um you know the ayurvedic perspective comes in and i love blending the east and west and that's what i you know love to do in my my practice and so depending on a person's body type certain body types do really well with raw food and in ayurveda are recommended to have like a large amount of raw foods every day and other body types are encouraged to avoid raw foods and mm. you know really focus on um, cooked foods and also with the topic of intermittent fasting. So that's, I think, a big part of how um, our ancestors ate was, yes. you know, we often get three square meals spaced out uh, perfectly, you know, during, during the day. But Ayurveda also has guidance about how to practice intermittent fasting for based on your body type, you know, to what degree, like what style of intermittent, intermittent fasting. And that's also where I've seen sometimes uh, if you're doing intermittent fasting, maybe not the right way for you, it can throw off your hormones or cause yeah. other um, symptoms. I've seen that much more in women. And so I think that's where, you know, really figuring out what's right for you as an individual is helpful. And I, I found this approach to be uh, useful. I love this. Uh, where does the realm of food quality come into the equation in the approach that you've adopted and wrote about and put into place in your practice, but also with some of those misconceptions you found uh, patients embracing? Yeah, I think that's a, a great point. I think food quality is really key and, you know, it's fundamental to my recommendations. I think trying to get as much whole unprocessed foods uh, as possible and really limiting, you know, like refined sugar and vegetable seed oils and fine grains and flour. So I think in terms of getting whole foods that are plant-based and also having very high quality animal protein, you know, wild-caught fish. Uh, grass-fed meats uh, and and those kind of things. So I, I think that 
yeah, the quality of, of food is really uh, is really fundamental. Yeah, I see that mistake happen a lot. People are eating paleo or keto, and the quality of the food they're eating is just abysmal. And they're actually not getting the nutrients that we want from those foods. They're adopting the dietary principles, but not really paying attention to the quality that makes all the difference in the nutrients that the body needs. I love how much you really embrace the the plant-based approach and the rainbow that we all need. If we move into the central part of the functional nutrition matrix, the area I like to call the soup where everything in the body is connected, are there areas that you found to be most supported by approaching this dietary theory that you've adopted? Yeah, I think the area of nutrient density, you know, is is really fundamental. And so I focus a lot on phytonutrients and mm -hmm. antioxidants, that kind of thing, because that's also a big difference with our modern diet and paleo diet is level of nutrient and phytochemical richness. And I like to cite, you know, one uh, example that when you look at apples are modern apples versus wild apples, they have been cultivated to be much, you know, bigger and sweeter, but then they've lost a lot of the key phytochemicals, which are often bitter or, you know, not uh, very palatable. So those have been bred out of our food. And so when you compare like one ounce of wild apples with an ounce of modern apples, the difference in phytochemicals is actually 47,000%. So it's a pretty striking number. There's 470 times more nutrients ounce for ounce. And these were wild apples from Nepal that were studied compared to our modern like supermarket apples. And so I think even, you know, when we're talking about a plant-based diet, it's important to know what plants you can buy to try to maximize the phytochemicals and the nutrients. And so I spend a whole chapter on that in terms of going into what types of, you know, leafy greens, what types of crucifers, how to, you know, prepare and cook foods to get more. It's sort of like biohacking your kitchen to try to replicate the increased phytochemicals that our ancestors ate. And, and those are hugely beneficial, you know, for, for health. So I think that's a big part of the approach is the nutrient density and the phytochemicals. Can you give us one of those tips that you taught? We'll link to the book in the show notes, yeah. but in terms of oh, thinking yeah. about our, our greens, for instance, what yes. green comes to the top of the nutrient density list? Yeah, no, absolutely. So so with leafy greens, the most common that's consumed is in the in US is iceberg lettuce, which is mostly water, you know, and very low in, in nutrients. So much better options would be uh, arugula or romaine lettuce actually is very nutritious. There's radicchio. Mm. And so a few of those options are good. And then I think onions are a great example as well, because the closest onion to a wild onion is actually the green onions or the scallions. Mm -hmm. So those green onions have been found to have 140 times more phytonutrients than white onions. And if you have the, you know, the green onions, that's incredibly, it's not appealing or attractive, but it's very nutritious. So I think that's another great way with the, with onions. I love these tips. And you also are a big fan of spices. We're huge fans of using herbs here at the Functional Nutrition Alliance. What yep. spices did you find fell into our understanding of mm -hmm. kind of a paleovedic approach? 
Yeah, so spices are actually considered medicine in Ayurveda. They're incredibly therapeutic. And we know from modern science that they have um, probably four more main mechanisms. So they're uh, antioxidant effects, very powerful anti-inflammatory effects, you know, which turmeric is known for now, but then also benefits for blood sugar regulation and enhancing digestion. So we know that many spices are prebiotic, where they actually help the microbiome and benefit the, um, our, you know, our gut bacteria. And so in addition to turmeric, I, I'm a big fan of garlic, ginger, cinnamon, fenugreek, which is mm. used a lot in, in Ayurveda. Cloves actually are unassuming spices, but we're shown to have even more antioxidants than turmeric, cumin, fennel. There's a long list, but uh, you know, spices are really medicinal, and I think they're underused, you know, in in our in our modern diets. And it's a great way to boost the antioxidants and get all those microbiome benefits and uh, anti-inflammatory benefits into our our daily diets. Yeah, and you mentioned Dr. Akil the microbiome and the support with the prebiotics for the gut. Where does healing the gut or addressing gut function fall into your approach? It's pretty central because in Ayurveda, they believe that all disease starts in, in the gut. And I, I think mm. uh, there's the concept of the Agni, uh, which is A-G-N-I. And Agni is the digestive fire and the kind of our capacity for absorbing and assimilating nutrients. So, you know, the quality of your food matters a lot, but if you're not digesting and absorbing optimally, then you're really not getting the benefit from that great diet. So I think the, yeah, it's absolutely fundamental. And I, with modern understanding of the microbiome, I think it correlates very well with the Agni and keeping, you know, barrier integrity and avoiding the increased permeability or, or leaky gut. I think that also a really important goal. So gut, yeah, gut health is, is definitely primary. Yeah, it's funny. In full body systems, my training for coaches and clinicians in the first module, which is the digestive intensive, sometimes people say, where's the nutrition? I'm like, well, we can't talk about nutrition without talking about where the food goes. Right. This is where food meets physiology right in the digestive system. So if you're not understanding digestion and really optimizing it, it's hard to even talk about food because it might not do what it it's supposed to do. Yeah. I can't let you go without talking about doshas. Yeah. Can you lead us through how we bring this personalized approach to ourselves? Yeah, absolutely. So in Ayurveda, there's three main doshas or forces in the body. And it's the balance between these three that determine health and disease. And every person has a some blend of all three. And you want to try to figure out which of the three is predominant. So first is vata. Um, V-A-T-A, which is roughly corresponding to wind. And so it has all the qualities of wind, like light, cold, and dry. And then there's pitta, which corresponds to fire. And it has those qualities. It's hot, sharp, and penetrating, intense. And then finally, there's kapha, uh, K-A-P-H-A, which is a um, combination of earth and water. So it's more like the by a structural integrity, its uh, qualities are heavy, s slow, and cool. 
So Ayurveda is mostly a qualitative science. So those same qualities then affect the body, skin, hands, hair, um, you know, digestion, appetite, everything. And then the, the corresponding recommendations for food are based on those, those body types. So that's where I have a questionnaire in, in the book that people can fill out to get an idea about their body type. And then helping keep the doshas in balance is kind of the essence of the Ayurvedic uh, approach. And is that easy to do for ourselves? And if we are working with clients or patients with these principles to keep that balance? Or is it a constant evolving like surfing on a surfboard? Yeah, it's a great question. I think it's a process, certainly. I think, you know, you can get a pretty good basic idea about your doshas and a kind of self-understanding. And then uh, there's a, always a, a constant tailoring, though, to your local, you know, your environment. Ayurveda believes in tailoring to your daily activity, you know, how much mm. exercise you're getting, what your routine is like eating seasonally, eating locally, and eating for your, you know, based on your level of stress. So all of those factors impact the program that you'd follow, but it's certainly, it's not difficult to get a, a good understanding of your doshas and how to take some, you know, valuable principles to help keep those in balance. Mm, so helpful, Dr. Akil. I really appreciate your time and love the book. I recommend everybody go check out the show notes, find your way there. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks so much, Andrea, for having me on. The 15-Minute Matrix is brought to you by me, Andrea Nakayama, and the Functional Nutrition Alliance. Check out the latest in functional nutrition at functionalnutritionlab.com forward slash blog. The 15-Minute Matrix is produced, mixed, and edited by Rowan Bradley with production support from Natalie Merrill and the team at the Functional Nutrition Alliance. You can find episodes on all kinds of topics with more incredible guests at our podcast website, 15minutematrix.com. And if you'd like to be notified each time there's a new podcast episode by email, please go to 15minutematrix.com forward slash notify. Also, feel free to get in touch with us. We'd love to hear your thoughts, your feedback, and who you'd like to hear next on the podcast. You can email us at ask at 15minutematrix.com. Thank you.